Yeah. And I said, do you remember all those basketball cards you had? And he said, he goes, oh yeah, I still had those boxes. Oh no, he still has them. (laughs) And so he sold one box. So there's a box. On average, you get one to two Jordans in a box. Mm. So he recently sold um, one of the sealed boxes for two hundred fifty thousand. So he can't. It, he, wait, what? How? Two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Oh my God! So yes. he wait. So he kept these boxes unopened for decades, pretty decades. much. Decades. Yeah. How do yes. people do that? That's what I don't understand. I'm like, I'll be ripping those boxes apart. So some people have that like addiction. That to foresight, it. But he I had guess. A lot, yeah, he also had a lot of boxes, but he said he hung on to two, and he had like five or six. And I mean, think about it. The boxes back then wow. were like fifty dollars. Yeah. And yeah. you turn fifty dollars into two hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's a pretty good trade. We've got some fresh hey, new young Luis. talent uh, doing some Luis. things that I know and you haven't heard before. Welcome to the Content before. is Profit One, Podcast. And here you're gonna get the insights, accountability, and drive to create consistently and increase profit. You'll hear from top entrepreneurs, creators, and anything and everything you need to know about content. All this while having a good time. That is right. The goal of this podcast it is very simple: entertain, educate, and turn your content into profit bam, 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 bam. I know I, I, I miss I miss our board I miss a roadcaster with the sounds I know it's, yep. okay. it's not gonna make sense but anyways today what are we talking about actually fun fact that you just remember I have the sounds in my computer we probably could have transferred them here real wow quick. Good next job. one next time that's fine good job I mean, we've done 400 episodes on the previous board you know this is <laughs> this is uh, throwing a curveball out here for us but guys today we're gonna be talking all about having success Success on the spotlight. Is it possible to have success without a spotlight? Actually, mm. very interesting. Mm-hmm. I like it. But guys, if you are enjoying this show in whatever platform, go ahead and ring that bell. Follow the show. Subscribe to the show. It's completely free. So much value. It's amazing. And go follow us on social media. Happy <laughs> Bros. Go. That is right. If today's guest help you move one step closer towards your goal, please don't forget mm. to share this episode because you can be doing the same exact thing for somebody else. And don't forget to leave a five-star review. That's right. So today we are back and it feels so good <laughs> because we have an amazing, successful guest. That is right. Today's guest has grown a successful podcast. Actually, I think he has grown two successful podcasts inside the Lion's Den Ooh. and Path to Freedom, all while being pretty quiet about it. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Not to mention that he has been in the game for a very long time. He started in eBay. Now... He helps entrepreneurs learn about wealth and invest better. He was like teasing a little bit of the things that he can say. And I was like, I'm so stoked. We need to know all this. We need to know all the secrets. He's a pretty knowledgeable guy. Please welcome the one and only Arye Scheinbein. What's up, Arye? (laughs) Hey, guys. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. I will say this. With the other board, sounds better because when we scream your name like crazy, there's music that drops. But my brother forgot to put the music in here. No, no, so no, wait, 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 wait. Okay, hold on, hold on. Music, music coming. It, it has to be here somehow. I remember we did it. <laughs> Come on, Arya. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. Arya, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you guys? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, We're pretty pumped up, like my brother said. This has been in the works since November. (laughs) I remember I found you on Instagram. I stuck to you a little bit and I was like, this is a type of guy. You know, he's created some content. He has some podcasts. You know, he's doing good in the world. So I reached out to you. We actually met before. We had a conversation. It was pretty awesome. And then we're like, all right, cool. We're going to do this thing in November. And now it's June and we're <laughs> finally doing it. I'm so happy about this. True Hispanic fashion, are you? You know, you know the Hispanic came out of us in that one. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Uh, I, it, I I told you guys, you know, there's a lot of times that I'll take the blame. So there, there's definitely some reciprocity blame. <laughs> reciprocity blame. I like it. So Ari, for those that might be asking themselves, who's this guy? Right? Why don't you share a little bit? about your background, right? You have your background in entrepreneurship. I think you were pretty into financing in in the finance industry, right? Since the very beginning as well. So why don't you share a little bit about that background so we can have context on what's to come? Yeah, that that, that makes sense. Um, So like, unlike most entrepreneurs, I guess, I went to college, I got a degree, (laughs) and I actually went into the field that I got the degree in. So I went to college, got a finance degree, and I went um, to Wall Street. Mm. And I got into investment banking, 
which really kind of where you advise, you know, Fortune 500 companies on buying and selling um, other businesses. And when I was in college, probably even I should go back, even when I was like a, a teenager, I was probably much more entrepreneurial than I knew. But, you know, I'm going to date myself and age myself a little bit. It wasn't like a thing. It wasn't even like a word. Mm. You know, if if you want to work for yourself, it was like you were a small business owner or, yeah. like you know, you worked for yourself. There was no word entrepreneur. Um, but when I was a kid, I actually used to, um, you know, I, I played a lot of sports, but I collected a lot of sports cards. Mm. And before Gary Vee even made it like cool thing to do. Um, I was basically flipping cards, you know, but arbitraging them. They really, again, I'm going to age myself a little bit here. (laughs) The, the pricing didn't come out until the guide would come out once a month. Mm. And so when a player was, was playing well, you really had like a window of time before the next price guide would actually reflect that in the price guide. Or if it had already gone to print and he started playing well, you now have even like a little bit longer. So I would accumulate player cards, especially like rookies, mm-hmm. where they were playing really well or a guy who's a second or third year wasn't super known and he was playing really well. I, my dad would take me to uh, card shows on the weekends and I would just like hunt for deals because, <laughs> you know, how, how many dealers can know every upcoming, you know, player? Yeah. And so I would find the the opportunities. I'd buy them, let's say, for a dollar or two, wait for, for the player to really get going and, and sell it for five, you know, the next month or whatever it was. Yeah. And to me, it was just like kind of normal, kind of knew what was going on. But I didn't think like you could have, make a living like that. I didn't think like, hey, yeah. I'm not going to go to school or do any of that stuff. Right. So it was like, get a good job, go, you know, go to school, do well, get a good job. And that's what I did. Um, Interesting. But almost almost immediately within my first job, I started kind of getting a little bit back into the, Hey, Hmm. there's an opportunity to do this. There's an opportunity to do that. And, um, the truth of the matter is I I got married pretty young. And, um, when, uh, so I was still, I was working, we were married and we were expecting our first kid and my Hmm. wife would be exhausted Hmm. like a lot of pregnant women and they go to bed, you know, early and I'm kind of sitting around like, what am I going to do? Like, um, it's not like I'm going to go, go out, you know, like what, what am I going to do at night? You know? Yeah, yeah. So I just started getting online and started finding all this stuff and like got back into sports cards, started buying and selling and really was then started learning, you know, email marketing, internet marketing, all the different things. Um, but I really liked physical products. Yeah. And so along my career, which I actually, I'm still employed full time in, you know, finance, where I'm con- I'm a consultant at a global consulting firm where private equity firms and hedge funds like ma- money management firms hire me mm. to really value the businesses that they they either want to buy or already own um, and then we kind of tell them what it's worth and we tell them how to make them better and and the levers in the business mm. but you know probably already for oh 10 12 15 years I, I've had Amazon businesses I've had a bunch of other businesses where like that's where I kind of get my entrepreneurial component yeah. and meet with a lot of entrepreneurs and deal with a lot of entrepreneurs, but simultaneously running in the finance world. So it's, it's kind yeah. of like straddling the, the, the fence, so to speak. So you're like the OG drop shipper, you know, like the, the e-commerce, yeah. the OG e-commerce guru, because I mean, I feel like, and, and at the, like we talk about this when we first met, it was like, None of that was really like now there's courses about it. Everybody's trying to sell you the course on, you know, how to make all this money by selling physical yeah. products and you were figuring it out yourself. Yeah. Now, this is a little bit uh, a personal curiosity question, but are you still sure. doing the trading cards? And I'm asking because we recently watched this documentary <laughs> on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, it's called King of Collectibles. With Golden. And uh, it, yeah. And it's uh, pretty much, it follows, yeah. I don't remember his first name, but his last name is Golden. And there's a company, mm-hmm. I think it's Golden Company, that uh, what they do is they collect these items and then they resell them. Auction right? Them they out. auction them out. And yeah. obviously, a lot of it, part of it, it, they're chasing cards. A lot of their big product is trading cards, right? They were looking for like the triple LeBron, something like that. We don't know anything about that, but I'm yeah. surprised because like he literally offered the guys on the spot. He's like, I'll give you a million dollars right now if you give me these cards and let me sell them for you. 
I was like, this is my blow it. A million dollars for for a car, right? <laughs> so I'm curious if you're still, you know, after all this year, have you still, you know, kind of like working with those collectible cards? So it's funny. Um, when I was a kid, they didn't have like, it wasn't even like a thing. So the big thing now is to grade the cards. Mm. So you actually, basically they get a score, yeah, right? Yeah. And an independent, there, there's a few fir- companies that will, will score them and rank them, right? And, and the, then it's not hermetically sealed, but it's basically sealed into a plastic case and it has a score yeah. in it and all this kind of stuff. That wasn't a thing when mm. I was a kid, but putting things in protective cases and, and taking care of it was. Yeah. And I remember when basketball cards, so Tops was the brand, but Fleer came out with their first product and it was Michael Jordan's rookie year. And Dominique Wilkins rookie year and Spud Webb. And I'm trying to think what other Hall of Famers were in that set. It, it was a ridiculous set. Okay. Yeah. We're saying yes like, with their heads, but we're like, we know nothing about besides I, Michael Jordan. We're I, like, we believe you. <laughs> we believe you. We're like, that was the best set. So, okay. It was so one of my good friends was really into basketball cards. Okay. And he was a great basketball player. And I remember he bought multiple boxes sealed boxes of this set and like so the way it works is like there's a pack there's a box and inside a box is a pack and in the pack there's the cards right so we're going to freeze in time right there at the story and he had lots of these and when so when we were kids we would just collect and we'd sell and whatever it was when i got back into it um the industry had totally transformed itself And this is going to go to your million dollar guy, LeBron James whole thing. Right. So I'm, I'm working at a private equity. I was actually a venture capital firm and I'm walking at lunch and I basically stumbled upon a card store, comic book and card store. And I hadn't, I hadn't looked at a card in, you know, years. Yeah. I go into the store, like all the nostalgia is coming back, yeah. it's flowing back. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I didn't even like look at anything yet. I'm, like, I'm just yeah. like, love it. And, um, I said to him, I'm like, how much is a pack of cards? Right. So mind you, like you get a case and the case has the box and the box has the packs. When I was a kid, a pack of cards was, I don't know, 50 cents a buck or something. I don't know. And you got like a bunch of cards. He says the pack's $5. I'm like, $5. I'm like, what's in this thing? And he says, he says, well, when was the last time you collected? I'm like, ah, it's been a while. (laughs) (laughs) So he takes me over to the the fancy display cases in the front. Like think of like the jeweler, right? Yeah, they, they got yeah. the Rolexes the in the front. The, yeah. He's got like the hot, yeah, best of the best. Exactly, right? And he starts showing me like a Derek Jeter rookie, Alex Rodriguez, all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. Like how much is that card? He's like, oh, that's $500, $250. i am <laughs> like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> like I remember when a card was like a, a great player. It was five bucks, you know? Yeah. So he takes the card out and in the card, embedded in the card is a piece of a rod's jersey mm. and the card is signed and serial numbered yeah. i'm like damn that's cool yeah. like as a collector <laughs> like that's like oh yeah. you're like how much so I'm like 500 here we go <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so i said okay so what's in the pack that it's five bucks yeah. he says every pack has a player uh, a card with a bat a piece of a player's bat Wow. So I said, oh, that's kind of cool. I said, but there's probably like a lot of junky players in there, right? And he says, yeah, you know, like you're trying to get like the A-Rod or the the Jeter, but at the end of the day, like he, so he, so I said, how much is a box of those? Because like in my head, I'm like, I have a good job. I could buy a box. Like how much could a box be? You know, like, yeah. And um, he's like $120. Yeah. I'm like, that can't be. So I hang out for a little bit. I go back to the office. I hop online immediately. And this is when I like, I go to eBay, right? And eBay is selling the boxes for like $65. Oh, wow. And, and Yahoo's getting, Yahoo Auctions at the time was like the number two auction site. Um, and they're getting like $95 a box. And this guy wants 120 So immediately uh-huh. I realized there's just like a gap in the market mm. and I can arbitrage it. So basically like buy it on, on eBay, yeah. sell it. Yeah on Yahoo or locally. Right. And so that's when I start doing, but these cards were worth way more than my cards worth. Right. Yeah. And so I, I stayed in the card market to answer your question, like long winded way. Um, I said in the card market for probably a good, you know, two to five years. 
but ultimately pivoted out of it, um, except for things that I just personally wanted to collect. Hmm. And um, I really didn't like chase big name cards or do any yeah. of that stuff. Yeah. So to bring it back to where I froze you in time on my friend. Mm -hmm. So that friend of mine became effectively an entrepreneur. <laughs> he built um, he built a, a company that sold um, vending machines oh, wow. for sandwiches. And he got into like all the airports and stuff like that. But the, the, wow. the key of the whole machine was it was like instant heated. You'd have, let's say, like a corned beef sandwich. Yep. And it was refrigerated the whole time up there. But when it would drop down it would to heat you, it, for you, it would instantly get heated up and wow. the food was was warm. It was good, right? Wow. So he ultimately sells this this business and, and he does really well. I I talk to him every now and again and we bumped into each other. We were actually both like sharks on like a shark tank for our our, <laughs> our alum that we were, you know, for our, our, our alma mater in college. That's we, awesome. So we went back and we were talking. Yeah. And I said, do you remember all those basketball cards you had? And he said, he goes, oh, yeah, I still had those boxes. Oh, yeah, he still so, has them. <laughs> and so he sold one box. So there's a box. On average, you get one to two Jordans in a box. Mm. So he recently sold um, one of the sealed boxes for $250,000. So he Wait, what? How, how $250,000? Oh, my God. So yes. he, wait, so he kept these boxes unopened for decades, pretty decades. much. Decades. Yes. How do yes. people do that? That's what I don't understand. I'm hey, like, I'll be ripping those you, boxes apart. So some people have that like addiction. The to foresight, it. I he guess. Had a lot, yeah, he also had a lot of boxes. But he said he hung on to two and he had like five or six. And I mean, think about it. The boxes back then wow. were like $50. Yeah. And yeah. you turn $50 into $250,000. That's a pretty good trade. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Even if it takes, even, even if it takes 20 years. Yeah. So, so well, 100%. I, like, I, I identify because, you know, lately I've been addicted to uh, Hot Wheels and I've been addicted to Funko Pops and uh, <laughs> we're beyond the hunt. My wife loves it, right? Like we're out there with my kids. Obviously I have a four year old. So it yeah. started as an excuse to, you know, get him some stuff, but then it became into this adult thing. And, uh, yeah. and it, it's been incredible. Yesterday we were in a, in a store called Second and Charles, right? And uh, they, they have like secondhand type of deals or, but they have the Funko Pops. And we found this Batman one. And today we bought it for like 20 bucks and it's selling for $250. And you're like, this mm. is crazy. And my wife is like, oh my God, this is addicting. Right. So I, I understand it and I, and I love it. Right. Yeah. And I, and I want to extract some, some lessons from like, that's where that you stole also like from you beginning this business or, or you know, side business, right. Uh, uh, when you were a kid and trading and, and learning the value of things, I think it's so important, right. To, to what, not only what you're doing now for, but people also in this entrepreneurial journey, you know, from when we started yeah. uh, in our school, we will go buy these like soccer jerseys in this market and then we will, you know, 5X <laughs> while they were and selling them in school. So I think it's super interesting to learn that background yeah. and, uh, and what drives everybody. Yeah. And I'm curious, like you seem to have an eye for uh, spotting opportunities, right? And I feel like now you're working, <laughs> you know, va valuating businesses. Like literally, I feel like this has been a constant in your life. At first you were, you know, valuating trading cards. And then you, you know, climb the ladder and now you're evaluating businesses and, you know, seeking opportunities here and there. And I'm, I'm very curious on, on how, like, or where does that vision comes from? Is it your family? Yeah. Was it just you, <laughs> right? Like what's the necessity, right? Cause some people step into the entrepreneurial world because of necessity. It's like, oh man, I, I need to find a way to maybe feed my family, et cetera. Right. And I'm right. so curious on how you develop this. And more importantly, how have you nurtured throughout the years to now be able to better spot opportunities? Yeah. yeah, it's it's very funny because if we were having this conversation like three to five years ago, I would have had a very hard time seeing what you just laid out to me. I would have been like probably mind blown by the sentence that you said because before I got really deeply involved in the entrepreneurial community, I took it very much for granted. Yeah. And I didn't even see that that's what I did. I had yeah. a very hard time connecting yeah. that I would see an opportunity and one thing and another thing. Um, I would say for an entrepreneur, what's really interesting is, is I am very entrepreneurial, but if someone were to say, are you an entrepreneur? I would struggle to answer that yes. Hmm. For the simple reason of 
one of the key success tools, I believe, of entrepreneurs mm. is speed. Speed to action, right? Yeah. And not overanalyzing and not, you know, like it's kind of like that whole ready, fire, aim type of thing, yeah. right? You just just go yep. and you'll fix it. And, you know, the, the analogy people say, jump out of the plane and build a parachute on the way down, all the things, right? Yep. All the, yeah. the, the standard taglines. But I think one of the things that, that holds me back is that I do all the analysis. Mm. And, but that is where I, I find a lot of these opportunities. It's in the analysis, right? That like I look at something, whether it's a trend, whether it's um, the gap in value. So yeah. it, we actually define value. If you actually look at like, this, this is the most boring thing I'll say today, but like the, the definition of value of what is what a willing buyer mm. and a willing seller will agree upon. Mm. And it sounds like, duh, of course, you know, <laughs> but it's, but it's actually really interesting because I remember I, so I work in New York city, right. And you ride the yeah. subways. And I think when, when, I don't know if it was eBay's tagline, there, there was, I think it was, it may have been eBay or it may have been, um, what's, what's the one in like Mercado or there, there's another platform. I think it's like uh, uh, Merc Mercari or, uh, yeah, Mercari. And then there's yeah, Hotmart so for e-commerce and, you know, informational yeah, products when they first Mercari. were starting one yeah. of their taglines was your junk is someone else's treasure something yeah, to that effect yeah. and um it's so true because like just because you don't see the value in something somebody else does right like so my, yeah. my one of my my sons is really into golf now so he mm. wants me to take him to garage sales yeah because people don't know what they have yeah true. and he wants to buy golf clubs on the cheap like he has a good set but he's always looking for like that one you know sand wedge Absolutely. that'll you know like someone has and they're trying to ask 10 bucks for it and it's really 170 dollar or 100 yeah. you know 300 dollar whatever you know because yeah. their father their grandfather they don't know right yeah so being able to identify things whether it's in a business huh. or whether it's in a physical product yeah it becomes like it's it's just a knowledge base yeah. you start to the more you're around these things you start to identify it so for the entrepreneur who's like, hey, I'm building this business. Like when you look at what is missing or what you're trying to achieve or whatever mm -hmm. it is, a lot of times that is the definition of the value, right? Yeah. So what is a willing buyer yeah. going to pay you for that quote unquote value that you're creating or you're giving them? Yeah. And so I, I tell people a lot of times that I can look at numbers and they tell me a story. Mm. And what I can do then is, is t make the numbers tell a better story. Mm. And so it's the same thing, kind of like seeing that the value that may not be showing out correctly yeah, and yeah. saying, okay, listen, this is, this is what you want to do. And, and now the value is going to look very, very different. You're going to reposition it. Yeah. It's almost, interesting. It's like an offer, you yeah. know? Yeah. I, wait, wait, it, do you have a question? Yes. I just have a, a quick reference here real okay. quick. Um, I'm reading a book right now called With No Fear of Failure by Thomas Faggio, I think Faggio Jr. That's how you maybe pronounce his last name. And uh, on the first chapter, he's telling his story, right? And he used to work in finance too. And I'm pretty surprised because he just talked about what you said. He wasn't like the typical entrepreneur and all these things. He was more of an, an analytical person. And he managed to build the biggest waste company in the, in the world, right? Yeah. And the way he did it at first... Sure, there was a problem, right? Some people weren't picking up the trash in their, in their neighborhood. And so he said, like, why don't we buy a truck for the neighborhood? And somebody jokingly told him, why don't you buy a truck for the neighborhood and you <laughs> do the, the, the trash service? And that got him thinking. He's like, well, maybe I can, right? Like, yeah. there's some value in here. Yeah. Like, they're asking for it. And he said the first thing that he did was run the numbers. On the story, it says, I stayed all night long running numbers and, you know, figuring this out. And then I had a plan and he said it, it was, you know, worth trying. Years later, he had the biggest waste company in the world. And I, and I find that very interesting, right? Because it's like you said, like most entrepreneurs are speed, speed, speed. But I feel like something that we've learned throughout our journey in entrepreneurship is like there's not just one way of doing things. Like everybody has their, their own how and you can get to the goal yeah. in different path. Um, so I'm, I'm curious, right? I'm curious to see 
it, what you're gonna build in the future. You know, you're like you remind me about this guy, and and I feel like that's a a superpower. Be able to yeah. see numbers. And like you said, tell a better story with those numbers, right? Like, I feel like you understand value so deeply. And maybe that's connected to all the experience you've had with the trading cards that, <laughs> you know, you people sometimes don't even realize how much value they're offering through their businesses. Yeah, I, I hear that. And and you had asked a question before. I, yeah, I know you have a follow-up question there. Um, <laughs> my father and mother, neither of them were entrepreneurs, mm. but... The crazy thing was, is my mother was like this, and she still is, this like deal finding shopper. Like she wouldn't <laughs> buy, like the idea of paying full price for something was like, there's no reason. There's another <laughs> way, thing, right? Like I can get that same thing later yeah. for less, yeah. you know? Um, so there was definitely inherent, like when I started the arbitraging, I was like, Ugh, yeah. you know, like, it was it was ingrained, but not like you know. Hey, yeah. listen, so, sit down and let me teach yeah. you. Yeah. So you're like the OG e-commerce guy, and your mom is like the OG couponing lady. <laughs> <laughs> she, it's funny, like she wasn't like a couponer, but yes, you know, like she didn't have the because because if you have ever watched those shows, like these people, like they're like they're planning for the apocalypse, right? Like they yeah. Have, yeah. rooms of stuff and you're like what are you gonna do with it they're like yeah. it doesn't matter it was free you know like yeah absolutely you know. my, my wife is one of those that enjoys the negotiation aspect yeah. like she will go in there and she's like it's a competition you know <laughs> i can get them yeah. you know for like 20 dollars less you know i'm like well the thing is like 21 dollars like what yeah. are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> but um you know last week i was like in bed for you know knocked out sick for two days and uh i got pretty obsessed with undercover billionaire have you seen that show undercover billionaire so oh i've 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 watched like season one i didn't watch grant cardone season but i watched you watch the, the uh, first the guy one. before him yeah, yeah yeah the first one and and uh i'm i'm very like before that show really the fact of the idea of selling a business right for x amount or even like considering that like for us it was like we're, we're in like the weeds like building right for the last like four years and uh, that really opened my eyes. We're like, okay, yeah. wow, these guys are building in, in 90 days. I think it is, you know, a, um, a business is valued at a, at a million dollar, right? million dollars. Exactly. And somebody right. comes in and there's all these factors, right? So it got me really like spinning my wheels and thinking. And that really drove, uh, not that specifically, but that really like pushed, you know, the decision that we made that we're not announcing just yet. <laughs> uh, maybe off camera, I would tell you. But, uh, <laughs> but it got me thinking, right? Like a lot of entrepreneurs get into this game of building a business, right? For provide better opportunities, whether for their family, for themselves, right? Sol solving these problems. But there's not, at least in my eyes, initially, there was not an end game, right? Like we're going to be doing this forever, right? So for obviously these companies and the deals that you, that you, that you work with, right? Is that a common trait that people get into it or should they be planning from like the very beginning be like, is this another thing that is super important that I cannot miss, right? Because uh, we definitely didn't, but now it's in our radar four years later and we're like, wow, every decision that we make today is hopefully to make those numbers work and tell that better story later. Uh, for us for to provide a better opportunity. Yeah, so I, I tell everybody that you, whether you want to sell a business or not, whether you get into it to exit it or not, you want to start with the end in mind first. Mm. Because you can reverse engineer a lot of things. But if you don't know, like just think about like now we have GPS, we have Waze, we have all these things, Google Maps, whatever you want to call it, right? But like if you don't know where you're going, you mm. can't put a destination in for the map. You, can't, you don't get in your car and say, oh, wherever it's going to take me today, right? Like even Tesla needs to know kind of sort of where you, you want to go. And so even if you don't want to sell it, what is the, you know, a lot of times you start and you're like, hey, I just want to make $1,000 a month. And you're like, well, I want to make $5,000 a month. Then you're like, hey, I want to make $10,000 a month. To your point, right? Like I want to support my family. I want to create opportunity, all these things. But ultimately, once you're building a business, you need to be thinking about like, okay, where do I want this business to go? Mm -hmm. And whether I'm going to sell it or not, I want to think about the end game. And so one of the books I recommend to everybody, no matter what they're going to do, no matter what business they're in, it is a super quick read and it is an amazing read. It's called Built to Sell. Mm -hmm. And um, I've actually had the the author on my podcast. Um, awesome. nice. And he's had he's written a number of books after that. His name is John Warlow. Um, and if you go like to, to my Instagram, I actually have like one of my links is like my book like my Amazon thing. And so it's, it's on there. You just buy it on Amazon, awesome. whatever you want. It's, it's also, it's like, I think it's a super cheap book. I don't know. It's like 12 bucks or something. 
I'm telling you, you will probably read it in one fell swoop, you know, one sitting. Yeah. Because it's a story. It's not a teaching book. And so it becomes very relatable. And even if you don't want to sell your business, it just gets you into a totally different mind space of like, okay, how do I want to think about kind of growing this business? Is this scalable? Is this repeatable? Can I take a month off? We used to talk about, so when Amazon created FBA, the fulfillment by Amazon program, I was very early days. And there were a lot of people who were leaving corporate. You know, they were leaving jobs that were making, I don't know, call it like between $75,000 and $150,000 a year. And they wanted to go and that's what they, they wanted to basically replace their income with Amazon. Yeah. And I would tell people like, that's awesome. But understand you are, you're not building a business. You are replacing your job. You've created yourself a new job. And if you can't take a day off, a month off, you don't have a business. You've got a job that gives you flexibility. You work for yourself Yeah. that you have the decision. But in Amazon, like if you don't in any physical product business, right, you need the money to go back into the business to buy more products because you're out of products. You can't sell any products. You can't sell (laughs) any products. You're not making any money, right? Like it's a little bit of chicken and the egg, right? (laughs) And so if in the, in the original, people were not buying or making their own products. They were, they were arbitraging, right? They'd go into Walmart clearance yeah. or they'd go to, you know, wherever, and they buy stuff like your Funko Pop example, right? Yeah. And if you, let's say it's you and your wife who are running around getting Funko Pops, and then you take a vacation. Well, guess what? There's no Funko while Pops. While you're gone, maybe you'll, <laughs> yeah, you may sell through some of your Funko Pops, so you'll be making money while you're away. We come back, though, the next two weeks, you have no income, yeah. right? Unless you have an employee do it, unless you have somebody else do it, right? Yeah. And so, like, this book just gave, gives you like a little bit of a framework of like thinking about, okay, you know, I think one of the original books that, that touched on this a little bit was like the E-Myth Revisited yeah. uh, by Michael uh, Gerber, right? So he talks about like, if you're a plumber and they want to start a plumbing business, um, well, you may be a great practitioner, i.e. a plumber, but that doesn't mean you actually know how to run a plumbing business. Yeah. Um, and so that goes back to like what I see numbers, value and things of that nature, because when I look at a business, a lot of times I'm looking at like, okay, you know, someone comes to me and they're like, Hey, I want to sell my business. So one of the questions I ask people, especially in the content space, people yeah. who are, who have content or course or any of these, you know, newer online kind of businesses, I'm like, are you the face of the business? Yeah. Right. And you know, some may, people may call it the dancing monkey, whatever it is, but like, could you be pulled out and the business operate the same way. Yeah. And people are like, yeah, I'm not the face of the business. So I'm like, okay, great. Now, the next question is like, do you pay yourself a real salary? Mm-hmm. And and everybody thinks this question, like, I'm not the IRS. I don't really care. But the, yeah. everyone's trying to position, like, is this, what's the right answer? What does RE want to know? And I, what I actually want to know, and I tell everybody is, I don't really care. What I care is, is if I bought your business, and you were not there, yeah. how much would it cost me to replace you in the business, right? Mm-hmm. So like, if, if you're giving yourself $25,000 a year, but you're taking a $150,000 draw, and then you sell me your business, the reality is I have to hire probably a $100,000 employee or $150,000, like someone to run that business, yeah. right? Versus if you were paying yourself $150,000 and then taking a $50,000 draw, I'd be like, okay, that's fine. I could pay someone the Mm $150,000 and the draw would go to me as the owner. Right. So like, does this, is this business supportable Mm. with the salary structure you've created? Right. So these are just like fundamental things that like I tell people when thinking about this. Yeah. And the other thing is like, what are you doing? And the flip side is like, okay, let's say you're running this business. You don't want to sell it. And you're taking these draws. I have people come to me. They're like, well, I'm reinvesting all my money back into the business. And I'm like, on some level, that's great. But yeah. on some level, I'm like, what do you, let's say you don't sell this business. Let's say you end up, something happens. Like, do you have money that's growing or throwing off passive income to you? Passive is, is a kind of interesting word, but yeah, let's yeah. say, is it growing in the background, right? Like, because I think part of the thesis that people get wrong is like, it's not build a business, yeah, make all the money and then invest. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of want to be running them simultaneously. It's like build a business and invest. Absolutely. And so a lot of people are like, oh, I'm sitting on all this cash, but I'm going to reinvest it in my business. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But just think about it as like, you're an employee of IBM 
Yeah. And they're giving you this massive bonus. And now you went and bought IBM stock with that massive bonus. Is that the exposure you actually really, really want? Now, granted, IBM, you don't have control over your business. In theory, you do. Yeah. But mm-hmm. there's there's thought processes that kind of like, I think a lot of people just don't think about that yeah. are, are important to think about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's no place or at least like in our personal experience that this is openly talked about, right? Because I feel like at the very beginning, right, when somebody's starting a business, we started an agency a while back and I remember it was like a race to the bottom on pricing, right? Like we're just competing and then, but if we have this insight, right, and we're planning ahead of like, hey, here's where we want to go. We need X amount of margins, right? Based on the work that we put in. Then I think you can tackle those situations with a little bit more confidence, right? We're like, well, this is what it is and this is equality and like maybe it helps us find the right amount of client or the right type of client in that in that sense. And I think like the first two, three years of us building this thing before the show even started, right? This is like six years ago. It was a lot of trial and error in that sense. And, uh, you know, to a point where, you know, we didn't pay ourselves like to, and you get into like this, uh, flow negative flow in a sense where you're like wow we're putting all this work right we don't we don't see the results so i think this is a pretty interesting uh conversation to have early on right so everybody that's listening right now you know obviously go follow aria all the links are going to be right below uh the books are going to be linked right below as well so uh i think starting that conversation for the people that are starting businesses or on the content creation if you're running an agency like this will help kind of guide like how to structure your whole company. I yeah. think it's going to be super helpful. I, I know we're running out of time and I'm like, I have so many <laughs> questions still that I want to ask. Part two, part yeah. two, part uh, two, not in, not next year. Not in six months, no, <laughs> not, not next year. Um, but I do, I love this topic and I would like to keep talking about this as well. But before the end, I just want to kind of like go in a, in a different direction, right? And I'm curious about why you started your podcast, right? And, I, I noticed that um, Lions Den was actually paused for a while and that an episode just got published recently again. So congrats on retaking that. Yeah. And then Path to you. Freedom, uh, I think it's been it's been pretty active too. Has some some uh, recent episodes in there, says five days ago. So, you know, that's pretty good. Um, and, I, and I'm curious, right? Because of course you have this entrepreneurial side, but then that, that also you said, and uh, I was pretty surprised the first time I met you when you mentioned that you still had your job and you were doing your things, right? And I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting, right? Um, and it made me curious on on why you decided to start a podcast, right? I, I feel like a lot of people, yeah. especially people that are holding a job, they might be a little reluctant on starting their own platform as well because it's like, well, you know, the company policy or what do I say, et cetera. All these things, right? There's a lot. And, and maybe you all have that challenge. So, there, there we go. go. They're, yeah. they're, they're all true. Like I still, I definitely, yeah. compliance is like, there's certain things I can do, I can't do. Like yeah. I can never give financial advice. Um, so anything I say is like, I'm just a dude on the internet, you know, like whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But um the truth is there are, there were a number of reasons for the podcast, right? So the podcast, I think part of it is, um, I like having conversations Mm. and I learn a lot from even just this conversation. Like there are tidbits you pick up, right? Even if I'm the listener, um, I definitely will will pick something up. And so meeting people and talking about their businesses always gives me more insight into whether it's how to run my business, a business I'm advising on, or just something I haven't even thought about in in the past, right? Yeah. And like even this weekend, a perfect example, like I, my, my wife is a teacher, but she's also a personal trainer. Okay. And um, there was another teacher at, at the meal. We were having a meal together and she's uh, she's more in the administration of teaching. And she's been like, you got it. She's been telling me, you have to tell, you have to tell me and your wife, what e-commerce business we could start. I know you're holding out on it. And I'm like, like, like I'm holding out on my wife. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but, but it took me, you know, I said, listen, let me think about it. And literally by that night, I had thought of something mm. that I'm like, oh, you guys have the expertise in something. It wasn't a course. It wasn't, but I'm like, you can totally build this product, like create this product. Cause she was like nice. throwing out like a lot of trending things. And I'm yeah. like, that's not what you want. Like you, yeah. you're no different than mm. somebody else. And so I, I kind of different. You know, kind of framed it. And, mm. Yeah. And I think a lot of these things come from conversations that I have with other people, different yep. angles, different. Yep. Um, so the podcast was uh, I think multifaceted. One is 
I wanted exposure um, to more people. Yeah. I also, I really love interviewing people. I really do. And, yeah. you know, some people like they're not good public speakers or they're not good <laughs> podcasts. And the truth is like, if you go back, if I go back to my first five podcasts, which were all solo episodes, I cringe. Like I sound <laughs> horrible. I was trying to script it. It was like the most, but it was such a good learning experience Absolutely. because I'm like, you know what you expect to be good at something because you're good at this. You think you're going to be good at that. And like yep. the two have nothing to do with each other. Right. Like yep. you're like, why do you think you were going to be good? But you know, whatever. <laughs> um, so it was, so it was a new skill. I think the pause is the, the challenge goes to the, I have so many things going on being consistent and yeah. that's definitely a challenge yeah. for, you know, for a lot of people who are juggling things. And it also has been good to, to learn, you know, to be consistent. Like you see, like when I'm consistent, like the podcast is ranking top 100. When I stop, it obviously falls out of the, the, the rankings, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think the other thing was that I, originally I thought I was going to do consulting from it. Mm. And I found that, um, a, I work in a consulting firm and I don't really want a conflict of interest. And like yeah. to your point that you made about, you know, people like, oh, I can't say this. I got, well, that was one thing. I was like, oh, this is going to be a problem. So let's shut that idea down. Yeah. Um, but I, I like the idea of meeting um, people who have accomplished things or mm. are, have written books or whatever it is yeah. and just kind of, you know, get a sense of like, and bring that to other people who would never have heard of them or, or yeah. never have known. Oh, absolutely. So like things that you guys do with your podcast. Yeah. I mean, you know, I know jokingly, you kind of said this at the beginning of the episode, right? Where you're like, you know, like if you guys want a financial consult during the episode, right? You guys can have one, you know, for, for the length of the episode. And, and, you know, it's, it's not just about getting the financial consult for free, right? In the podcast episode, it's about what you mentioned, right? Like everybody has their drop of knowledge that they're coming in and then you get, it's literally, you're getting like mentorship for free in some cases, right? You said yeah. that you had the author of Build to Sell in your podcast. I'm sure you learned a lot because now you're able to go deeper, right? You've consumed some of their content and you have questions that you want to, of course, you want to illustrate and highlight them for your audience. But at the same time, you you want to satisfy some of those questions, some of that curiosity. You're like, you know what? And probably your audience is aligned with you on the questions that you have. So all those questions that are coming to your mind, yeah. they're going to resonate with your audience as well. But uh, for us, that has been one of the biggest cases for yeah. podcasting is building relationships, right? Like our network yeah. has grown. Like we would <laughs> not have the network that we have right now if it wasn't for the podcast, to be honest, right? I mean, we do we do three yeah. interviews a week. We're doing a little bit more solo episodes now, but we're doing three interviews every single week. We're in episode like 450. And it's amazing because now also we don't only build relationships, but then opportunities start flourishing here and there, right? Like, hey, do you know this person? Do you know this other person, yeah. et cetera? I mean, I think uh, I, I love something that you said at the very beginning. It's like, I, I start doing this because I love having these conversations, yeah. right? And I think this is a theme on the latest like month or so in our show has been, when are, where are you starting the creation process? Is it an intrinsic thing or is it like an external thing? And I think like mm -hmm. uh, the people that start from, hey, this is for me, it's gonna do a lot better yeah. for a longer period of time, right? Like yeah. just earlier today, we were meeting uh, this amazing uh, woman. Her name is Susie, right? And she has a podcast and uh, she started a brand and it looked kind of like on the side type of project. But then as she was uncovering the why she's doing it and the people that she's connecting with and she's local here in Jacksonville where we're from, and it's like, it's such a powerful thing yeah. that you're not going to be able to stop it, you know, the consistently. And if we're consistent, that's when you win, right? Because opportunities are going to show up, right? You also mentioned, right? You started, maybe I was going on consulting and I'm sure there's so many opportunities that had come out of it that are not consulting, but are so beneficial for you, for your family, for your team, right? And uh, is that faith that it's going to work out, right? So, you know, do you have that moment when you started the podcast where it's like, I absolutely know that this is going to work out, right? For us was like, we need this to work, right? Because we had 30, <laughs> we had like 60 days worth of money and we're like, we need this to work. I don't know how it's going to work, but we need this we're to gonna work. We're going to make it happen. We're going to make it happen. And 400 episodes later, right? Like it's happened, right? Like we were able, our life right. completely changed, right? And uh, so do you have that moment or you were like, you know, I don't know where it's going to go or you had that specific plan, like... Walk us through, you know, maybe two couple minutes on how that 
played. Yeah. So I, I think I went in, I went in with the plan, right? Like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get consulting <laughs> yeah. that pivoted really, really quickly. Um, and not because like, I realized I had a conflict, I would probably run into a conflict at my day job, mm. but what started to happen was so, so there was even to this day, my podcast listener base, the topic and what I talk about other places aren't all congruent. Yeah. And yeah. what I mean by that is like, I could talk about investing all day. Yeah. I could talk about building businesses all day. And I, I could talk to the person who has a job at a company and I could talk to the person who's an entrepreneur. Mm. And my, most of the time when I deal with investing, yeah. I'm more focused on the entrepreneur because yeah. they don't have the time or the bandwidth or the, the background in that. And that's totally great. But the podcast actually doesn't talk about investing. It talks about like business building, right? Yeah, yeah. And so there's like all this, where's the connection? Where's the connection? Yeah. But to your point, I get the most random outreach from the podcast yeah. for all the things. Mm. And it's actually super cool because it creates certain opportunities. Absolutely. It creates certain relationships. And at the same time, I think, you know, five, 10 years ago, when podcasts were, were much smaller, so to speak, you reach out and, and anybody would give you an interview. Right. And now there's a little bit more of gatekeeping, right? Yeah. Like, you know, a big name person would be like, well, dude, whatever, how big is your podcast? <laughs> Never heard of it. You're not yeah. Joe Rogan, you know, yeah. like whatever, you know, yeah. but I still think like there are people at least locally, even like I'll, I'll go somewhere and people will be like, Oh, I haven't, you haven't had an episode out in a while. What the heck is going on? <laughs> and like, A, I feel bad, right? But yeah. B, it tells me that someone is actually benefiting cares, and yeah. listening and gaining from it. Yeah. And so I never know where that, like, hey, what that's going to bring. But yeah. I think in general, I have found that like people connect to, audio is this really cool thing, right? Like it's very intimate. We're yeah. in people's ears right now. And whether it's on, you know, in an earphone or just on yep. a speaker, and there's a connection built. There's there's Absolutely. no question about it. Now sometimes it leads people to kind of go find out more, and sometimes it just it dies in the water um, because it's probably not a great conversion platform, right? Like you know podcasts are not like oh let me just hop over and like you know yeah. go to a website, but it it's informative, and yeah. I think in general that's how a relationship is built. Like hey, I gained something yeah. from this, you know. Eventually something will kind of come, and and I think for for me as the host, I I enjoy it. And I think something will come, you know, I think the master plan is still kind of figuring itself out yeah. uh, because it's kind of taken, you know, turns and, and stuff like yeah. that. But, well, and um, and it's meant I, to, I to is meant to take turns, right? It's yeah. uh, like yeah. uh, as every life of creators of channels on, on YouTube that you see, like the creators, they pivot. It's not always going to be yeah. the same, right? Yeah. Uh, they, they grow as the audience is growing with them as well. So I think that's pretty cool. We're gonna have to do a follow-up episode just <laughs> on publishing. I think it would be really cool, honestly, yeah. just to hear more of your thoughts, maybe some of the things that you've learned throughout the process, and maybe some of the coolest, the cool people that you've interviewed. Because uh, I know we're getting here. We're, I mean, we're honestly, we're at we're the past. end. Actually, we're past the we're end. Ready. <laughs> we're spent the buffer that we asked for, but yeah. uh, we we have like one more question, right? That, that to ask. But I want to do a okay. quick reflection on you know the beginning of the episode. You mentioned you define value, right? And a lot of people that come yeah. into publishing, it's like, what, what is the value of mm. my publishing, right? And you mentioned it's like the agreeable, agreeable price, I guess, right? Between the seller and the buyer, right? Is that, is that, mm -hmm. did I butcher it? Probably. -ish. <laughs> so, so. We'll roll with it. It's good enough. Yes, let's go. <laughs> you uh, get a C minus. C minus. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> but with your podcast or your publishing platform, right? It's very similar, right? The value of this show of content is profit is beyond what it has generated sales-wise for our business is the network, the relationships. They able, the, us being able to pick up the phone and call anybody of those 400 people that we've mm -hmm. interviewed and be like, hey man, how, how's it going? Ask a question and be able to, uh, you know, get an answer from them yeah it's it's worth more than million dollars right and yeah. uh, and for us it's worth it for us it's worth the time the investment that we put into into this platform so i want the listener to reflect on that be like okay what is the value all the questions like what is my roi right it's like they want like a a very cutthroat like oh it's gonna be you know if, it, if you invest 500 you're gonna get 2500 well it's guess what with this type of content is way more than that is and i think we have to look inside of like why are we creating in the first place can we develop relationships and those relationships are going to be way more valuable in the long term so i i just want to make that final reflection before we head out and i have the last question for you is like where will you be today if you did not publish 
Hmm. I, I'd be even quieter uh, or less known <laughs> online, that's for sure. Um, I think I think the publishing, you've hit on so many of the things it does, right? So let's leave the relationships out for a second because I think, I think that in and of itself is a skill that people kind of learn and, and improve over time. Yeah. Um, but just the ability to, for someone to say, oh, I know that person, mm. Or, oh, you should talk to that person. And it's not even like a deep relationship. It's just like, oh, I've seen that. Or I've, I think that just drives credibility. And it's funny because like I'm so, if, if you look, I'm not like a social proof guy. I don't tout all the things I, I can or have done. And it actually goes against my whole nature. It's just like <laughs> so anti me. Um, but I think when you have that podcast, if I didn't publish, it would the the credit the external credibility would even be diminished, yeah. irrespective of all the things I have done, because I don't I don't market and I don't you know tout myself. The yeah. podcast standalone just yeah. does that. So without the publishing, you know, without content, that's what it would be. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, sustained period of publishing is such a good tool for earned credibility. It's crazy. Yeah. And even at the beginning, maybe if you don't have that track record, like long, long episodes, it's also a really good tool for perceived credibility if you're bringing on like some bigger people, right? We have this term, Yeah, I'm not gonna go too deep into it, but like ladder of influence. And you know, like mm -hmm. when we first started, we were in a mastermind and our coach, he was definitely higher up in the ladder of influence that we were. So we decided, hey, let's bring this guy on. And, you know, then we leverage his name to bring the next 100 guests. Right? <laughs> we're like, this guy has been in our podcast. You want to be in this podcast too, right? right? And the perceived influence was there. And then guess what? After those 100 episodes, we earned that credibility as well. Yeah. yeah. yeah sure. I, it's been a pleasure, man, getting to know you. I love the stories, yeah. all of them. Uh, yeah, this was awesome. Uh, it was worth the wait. It was I, worth I, the I wait. <laughs> I hope it was for you as well. And, uh, but yeah, is there anything else that you want to add before we head out? No, I, I, I appreciate it. And I actually, like you said, I think, I think we could probably talk for hours. So yeah. if, yep. if we do another one, we'll probably pick a lane and, and try and stick with three lanes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just book it at one. night, you know, just really, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, do a 24 hour marathon. <laughs> yes. There you go. Absolutely. Fonsi, is there anything you want to add? Uh, I'm just grateful. Thank you so much, Ari. I appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, hopefully the next one we can actually do it in person. I think that would be pretty cool. And um, yeah, thank you cool. for you listening right now. Hope you got some good lessons as well from here and let us know. Just uh, DM us and if you have any reflections. Yeah, absolutely. And with that said, guys, thank you so much for tuning to the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite podcasting platform and on social media at Ace Brosco. That is Random Area here. Help you move one step closer towards your goal. Please don't forget to share this episode and, and leave a five-star review. See ya. Bye, guys.